Welcome into a Toast of Film, everybody. I'm Trey. And I am your boy, Ebo. And we're your hosts from the crypt, coming to you live from the grave. We're really excited for everyone to be here today. We got a great list. Eddie, why don't you tell them what we're starting off with today? So on today's show, we got some great things for you. First, we're going to be talking about theaters. You know, the shape that they're in right now is kind of scary. So we're going to be going over that as well as some candy talk. Then we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th, ranking it. And then what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about a rebrew for Vampires vs. the Bronx. And finally, we're going to be ending with a list. And which list, you ask? We're going to be ending with five vampires you'd like to be. So stay tuned, everybody. All right, all right. We're excited for this one. Let's go and dive right in. So, Trey and I, we, you know, theaters are very near and dear to our hearts. And so, we wanted something truly horrifying to start the show with. Yes. And we're going to talk about, you know, the current state of theaters. But before we mention that, I just wanted to mention an experience I had last night. Okay. So, last night, I went and saw Yellow Rose, Mm. which is a story about a immigrant girl who she loses her mother, you know, to ice, and she goes through a very challenging story. But it's interesting because she loves country music. Okay. And she wants to be a country star. And so I just want to say that movie, amazing movie, great performances, very heartfelt story, and just good ending. So I highly suggest go see it. Yellow Rose. But when I went, I wanted to talk about my experience since we're going to be talking about the state of theaters. Yeah. So when I go in and I order a drink and my popcorn, you know me, when I order my drink, they gave me this little box. And I was like, what is this? It's a cool little box. Yeah, it's a neat little box. And so what it had in it, it already had napkins. It had a straw. It had some of the popcorn salt, you know, that orange salt. And it had a wet wipe. Mm. And then when I went to the theater, the theater door was already open, so you wouldn't have to touch it. Ah, and okay. they had I saw because I had to wipe my seat off because for those who don't know, I'm very OCD about wetness. We all know the cheese story that happened. Oh God, traumatized Eddie years ago. We we don't talk about that. But <laughs> the seats were all wet where they had sanitized them. Because oh. this was in the reserve seat theater with the nice recliners. Oh, nice. Okay, so it was they were spraying on the leather, so it yeah. didn't soak into like the cloth yeah. seats. Yeah. So it was very, but everything was very sanitized. Everything was clean, and I felt very safe. But unfortunately, you know, with this virus going on, a lot of folks aren't feeling safe. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad we're coming back full circle to this topic. Because we were, you know, we discussed this, you know, our first and a tiny bit of our second episode. Mm-hmm. And I wanted us to bring it back up so we could see how things have changed in about a month's time. Mm-hmm. So you went most recently. Mm-hmm. You said you definitely felt a little bit safer. Oh, yeah. How was the traffic? I will say this. So now I saw a lot of cars in the parking lot, but it's hard to tell because. This particular theater is next to, like, an arcade place. Mm, yeah. So I don't know what the people were, but when I went to a theater, I was the only person in the lobby, and then I was the only person in the showing. Oh, see, that that breaks my heart. And I didn't see anybody else, like, when I was leaving. So I genuinely couldn't tell you the numbers, but from when I went earlier in the week, 
I can tell you it's very, very dismal. You know, I'm. it's just, it's sad to see this because it's funny enough, you and me both work at the bank, which, you know, most people know, and you work right next to one theater, mm-hmm. I work right next to another theater. Mm-hmm. And we both drive home, we see it every day, we see the parking lot, and every day, at least at Hollywood, mm-hmm. the parking lot's empty. And it, yeah, and at Carmike, which is our big dog theater, it's... I mean, when I went the other night, there was... When I went to the first showing available, there I was maybe the fourth car. Really? Yeah, so it's... Well, let me throw out some interesting news. Mm-hmm. Because I... Just like all the viewers listening knows... Me and Eddie love movies. We love theaters. We want them to thrive. We want them to be open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we want to start seeing traffic. And mm-hmm. and you're right. It just it doesn't feel like most people are ready to take that leap, that trust, which is crazy. But let me tell you a couple of things the CEO of AMC said. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one, the CEO came out with a statement recently saying that. Keeping movie theaters open is the right decision, mm-hmm. even as Regal, you know, shutters screens pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then another interesting thing he said was, AMC Entertainment expects 520 of its 600 U.S. theaters to be open by mid-October. Oh, so I mean, we're talking 80 to 90 percent of the theaters in all the U.S. are going to be open and operational by mm. by mid-October. That gives me a lot of promise. Also. AMC stock bounces after company says theaters now open will stay open. Mm. So they're making positive moves. The even the stock market, you know, is getting a little bit more bullish, you know, on the company. Not much because we're just in a very bearish market right now. Everyone's real scared, but that's a good sign. Yeah. So I'm really happy to see that the CEO of AMC is making some positive moves. He's 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 keeping constant PR out there yeah. to keep light on the entertainment industry. So I'm really excited. You said mid-October, 520 out of 600 will be open. That's a really good sign. I've got a lot more confidence going into December mm-hmm. and for 2021 with this kind of news. Yeah, and so right now is a mixed bag because a lot of the like quote-unquote big movies are being chucked out of 2020. Yeah. You know, we had the Bond movie leave. We had, you know, we're just having a bunch of paradigm shifts. We had Wonder Woman get pushed leave. all the way to the end, and then Soul is actually going to Disney Plus. Jurassic Park Dominion twenty twenty two, and that doesn't. We don't even, you know, haven't even included a Quiet Place two Antlers, yeah. which you and me were super excited about. But what one thing I will say, and obviously this goes without saying, but. I don't want people to go to theaters if they don't feel safe. Right. I would never say that. I want, you know, the theater has always been a safe place for me. Yeah. So I don't want someone to go and risk it. But right now, if you can, if you feel comfortable, and like I said, you know, everyone's wearing masks and like the recliner theaters in our town, they're, I can tell you, they're sprayed down the entire chair. But I will say right now, a lot of movies that normally wouldn't have a good chance, they're getting a chance to have less competition, like Yellow Rose, mm-hmm. which is one of the first, at least like, you know, current 
major Filipino releases. Yeah. You know, directed and written by Diane Paragos. I hope I said that, you know, close to correctly. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a wonderful movie. And it's a movie that, you know, normally, like, you got a Marvel movie, a big horror movie, some, like, chick flick, yeah, some can... animated movie. And then it's, like, you know, getting the short end on the theater's behalf. But right now, where every movie's kind of equal yeah. in the theaters, these artisan films, or whatever you want to call them, they're going to opportunity to have that traffic. Yeah. But right now, it's, a, it's not a good time. Yeah. So that's why I say, if you can, with movies like this, give them a chance. Yeah. You know, if you don't feel safe, don't go. I definitely would never say that. But if you want to you know, take a little, you know, step into the, you know, shallow end, <laughs> go do it for one of these movies. It's good to see movies like this with the director show their artistic vision. Mm with an opportunity like they have mm-hmm. because they're not overshadowed by some of the big, you know, budget blockbuster hits, you know, especially the summer films, you know, and then coming into the fall, we know fall's always a big time for blockbuster movies. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really good to see, you know, these movies still get pushed out and released so they can get supported. Mm-hmm. And for the big moviegoers, they'll get that support, you mm-hmm. know. And at the end of the day, Eddie said it best we always want we don't want anyone to feel like we're pushing them to go i mean we we just want to bring our opinion out there to make it might help someone on the fence make a decision mm-hmm. where to go or not and i will say that you know i've been all around columbus you know i've been to you know retail stores you know we work at a bank um i've you know we've been to restaurants been to theaters and guys i'm i'm not just saying this i'm gonna be 100 honest the the theater is where I feel the safest. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not packed at all. You're in a big room. You, mm-hmm. You're probably going to be 40 to 50 feet from the nearest person sitting next to you if you're not the only person in there. it smells clean. Smells clean. And as Eddie said, they're, they're taking their health coding up to a, to a new standard. And when I go to restaurants, I mean, you and me went to Pure, by the way, fantastic, fantastic food. Fantastic food. We're fantastic, not saying anything yeah. about that. But, I mean, there was people like a foot behind you, yeah. two feet to the right of us. I mean, you know, it, we felt we felt bad. If we were going to get anywhere, it's going to be at a restaurant. Yeah, the theaters is where I feel most safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is there anything else you can think of? Well, you know, there. I don't know about that, but you know, here at a Toast of Film, we're here to make y'all feel good. We're here to make you laugh. So we're going to end this theater discussion with a fun topic. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, 90% of us, we never buy it there. We usually sneak it in. Yeah. You know, I think that's why the Lord invented jackets yeah. <laughs> and purses. But, Trey, you know, candy is a big part of theaters. Yes. Just as much as soda and popcorn, you got your candy. Yeah. So, you know, when you were a kid trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. and you had your little bag or little pumpkin or what have you. Oh, yeah. And you got candy. Give me, like, what little trays like biggest accomplishment if you oh. could like if you could look in your bag and see something you're like okay i'm a winner and give me like what you would see that would just like boil your little skin i the so the ones that i would hate yeah give me the ones you loved and the ones you hated so the ones i loved anytime you know i knew i was going to a, a nice house you know gave me the good stuff it would be uh it'd be like skittles mm-hmm. or smarties mm-hmm. you know um or maybe like a like a little fun size milky way or something mm-hmm. you know those are always the great ones oh yeah skittles was always a big one because i loved like the candy candy yeah more than the chocolate 
Well, I tell you what. How many times do you go to that house where they'll hit you with like the the almond joys, you know, or yeah. the the mounds and stuff like that, and you you just you're like, okay, I think this year was going to be a trick, you know. Yeah. It's not it's not a tree. It's a, it's a pure trick. So let me tell you. So never a fan of when I got the almond joy or the mounds. Yeah. And I think the worst offense. I would rather get a toothbrush. This is how <laughs> offensive I felt this was. The worst offense was a tootsie roll. Oh, the Tootsie Roll. Yes, the Tootsie Roll was like just a cheap... Because it's so small. Yeah. Like, But let me tell you, I felt like king of the castle if I got three things. Mm-hmm. If I got Reese Cups. Oh, yeah. If I got Skittles. Yep. Back in the day when they were lime and not green apple, because yep. green apple is trash. <laughs> and this, this one might surprise you, but this one always made me happy. When I would go to a house and... This was way before Rona and also before the internet age, and mm. everybody started losing their minds even more. Yep. But people used to home make popcorn balls. Like, you can buy the popcorn balls in the bag, mm. but in my neighborhood, it would always be at least one person that would home make them, and they would put them in little Ziploc bags. Oh, wow. And I always got excited about that. I don't know why. It's just. Well, that it was, sounds amazing. Because it was something that somebody actually made. You know, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's someone who really puts effort into the season. Another one, I don't know why, just remind me of it, but you remember you would get the little the sugar daddies on a stick? Oh, yeah. Those are always so cool. Yeah, I don't know how many times I ate them. I just loved getting Ooh, one. a Tootsie Pop, though. Oh, yeah, Tootsie, tootsie Pop. Tootsie Roll, trash, but yeah. that Tootsie Pop, that, that or Blow Pop? Yeah, that was a win. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, that gets me in the spirit. I'm going to have to take my nephew sugar-treating just so I can get some treats. Oh, my God, Trey, do you hear that? I hear his footsteps. And all of a sudden, I hear water. I think that means it's time for our ranking of the week, which is... The Friday the Thirteenth franchise. I've been waiting for this list for a long time, Eddie. And you know what? It's appropriate because tomorrow's the thirteenth. Exactly. We are recording this on the twelfth. Yeah. And so when you listen to this, you have the opportunity to listen to this on Tuesday the thirteenth. Doesn't have a great ring. I mean, the only good thing going on tomorrow is Batman Death and the Family releases on DVD tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, and then also Amazon releases the next two, Blumhouse, Welcome to Blumhouse. But that's here, neither here nor there. Okay. Because we're ranking Friday the 13th. So here's how we're going to do it, because there's 12 movies. Okay. So what me and Trey are going to do, we're going to start from worst, work our way to best. And now, I can't speak for Trey, but I personally like every movie on this list. It's just boils down to which one do I watch more, which one do I like more. Yeah. There's so the cool thing about Jason to me is if it pops on, you know, it always comes on AMC oh, for like the, the thirty day fright fest all kind of thing. But I'll say that if any of them are on, I'll I'll like having them on in the background. Oh, yeah. Just kinda get you in the mood. So I guess there's not one I despise. But there's some that would be more difficult to watch all the way through than others. So I'll definitely put it that way. And so how we're going to do this, we're going to be more, most in detail, I should say, with our bottom two and our best three. Okay. And then we're going to, you know, be a little slimmer with the reasonings yeah. for the rest. Yeah. We, we really just want to give the viewers out there our opinions on why these were the worst and then why our best are the best. Yeah. 
the middle, a lot everyone probably agree in the in the Jason franchise. A lot of them kind of blend in. So, so you know, I'm actually gonna start. You know what I like that because usually you know my boy starts, but no, I'm for ex- this I want to start. I'm excited. Let's go with it. So, last place is Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Very interesting. And Part Two, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, because. They do it the same style as the first one, yeah. where it's through the killer's eyes. Yeah. But overall, I just never watch it. Yeah, you know, I never watch it. And that's the one where Jason, it's young Jason, comes in, he's got the bag. Or yeah, he has the bag, and which he, that actor hated. Oh, man. And, you know, you also have, was it like the pitchfork or something? Yeah. He, he looked more like a farmer than I, you know. <laughs> yeah, he didn't become the Jason we know till number three. Yeah. But. And then number seven, or number 11, is number seven, The New Blood. Yeah. Just, I never watch it. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, that's what these bottom ones, until we get to number seven, when I do my ranking, seven on, I watch all the time. Yeah. But these last ones, like, number 10, I have Final Friday, which the only cool thing Trey showed me. Was that uh that I forgot about that cop opening? Mm. Where, oh, where they shoot him up? Uh, you mean Jason goes to hell? Yeah, gotcha. they call it Jason goes to hell final Friday. Oh, okay, gotcha. But that one, you know, is okay. Jason lives. I know Trey's big on that one, but mm-hmm. I just never watch it. Friday Thirteenth Part One, you know, never really watch it. But top seven, number seven, Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, that movie's hilarious. Oh man, and. It's cool. It's just a cool movie. You get Freddy and Jason. Yeah. This was a huge cinematic experience for the horror fans out there. And then number six is the remake. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Because I like how they took part one, part two, and part three Mm -hmm. and made it into one movie. And you get to see Jason run. Yeah. And that's all I really wanted out of life. Jason running is terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying. Terrifying. And then, um, so number five is Friday 13th part three. Where, oh, like yeah. I said, he becomes Jason. Three was a really good so, one. So, the top four was really hard to put in order. So, number four is Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. Which is just hilarious. <laughs> just a fun ride. Oh, dude, great ride. Like, yeah. when he shows up in New York and just, like, hits the boombox and just starts causing mayhem. And what was that, your number four? Gotcha. So, now we're in the top three. Okay. So, number three is Jason X. Oh, I like it. Because, let me tell you, Jason, first of all, Jason, even before he gets transformed, Jason looks cool in this one. He does. He looks raggedy. Yeah. From the grave. Like, he just looks beat up, but vengeful. And it has so many great scenes in it, like the hologram scene. Oh, yeah. With the campers. Yeah. And then when he gets transformed. Oh, man. Let's just be honest. Jason X gets you know the most flack but you know what it's one of the funnest rides because you're not supposed to take it seriously yeah but jason looks cool man. oh dude he looks cool as hell and he like looks... i said that hologram scene with the campers where he puts them in the bean bag and starts <laughs> slamming them against a tree oh that's amazing so my number two is friday the 13th part four the final chapter oh great one the first time they killed jason yeah yeah for real <laughs> And that one, to me, is just, it's a great telling of a Friday 13th movie. It was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked that one a lot. That was one of the ones I've rewatched recently. 
and it, it went up on my list. And Tommy was cool. Yeah. But my number one movie, and it's funny because it's the only Friday 13th without Jason. But for some reason, I watch this one all the time because of like the supporting cast and everything. Yeah. And that's Friday 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Ugh. It's one of my least favorites. And see, I love it because the characters in it, like the supporting characters, yeah. I love them. And overall, it's just, it's very watchable. Yeah. Like they, uh, for, wait, no, that was the one where it was Jason, but it wasn't Jason. Like yeah. it was a guy dressed in a hockey mask, right? Yeah, it that's was right. it was the ambulance driver. Yeah, that's right. Okay, no, no, I'm thinking of a different one. That one, that one was a good little twist. Like he looked like Jason. Yeah, but it wasn't Jason. Yeah, but yeah, part five, a new beginning. It's just you know when they talk about toys, how toys are, if they're toyetic, then they're gonna sell good. Like mm. if they look like a toy. Yeah. You know things like that. If they look like a toy, they're mm. toyetic. And this one is just it's watchable. Yeah. I, I can literally just throw it on at any time, yeah. and it's good. You know, that's a great list. And uh, let me add this to it. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, turn on the AMC Fright Fest, and it comes on every year, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll look forward to it. You know, they they always play one of the Jasons in the middle. Yeah. They don't ever play the original one that much. I never see the original yeah, one on there. Yeah, and the same goes with, like, TNT. Yeah. TNT plays Jason movies all the time, but it's usually, like, the middle ones, yeah, one of the random. On a ones. rare occasion, TBS really has played the first one. Huh, that's a that's an odd station to yeah, play. Yeah, very odd. Everything's very odd about it. But Trey, enough about me. What about my boy? Well, first off, great list. Oh, thank you. Sir. Uh, you know what? And it's very funny because you and me have a couple that are exactly the same Ooh. on the same number. Ooh. So, uh, I'm excited to break these down with you. So. My worst one, my number 12, is Jason 7, New Blood. Yeah, New Blood's just not great. I mean, it was my number 11. Yeah, so we were were pretty much neck and neck on that one. I hated Jason 7. It was about the telekinetic girl who Mm -hmm. was dealing with her own problems, and it brought Jason back to life. The only thing that was cool was kind of seeing the lightning strike, and then you see Jason under the water in the chains. Literally, other than that... That movie was total trash. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make any sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Then comes in my number 11, which is Jason Goes to Hell. So, understandable. Cronenberg um, directed that one. Oh. I know. Which was crazy. He did some cool things. Like well, that's what Cronenberg does. Yeah. He does some very inventive things. He does. And he's... He's a bizarre person. So, you know, he did The Fly, didn't he? He did I The Fly. I believe so, yeah. Which was one of the one of the all-time greats. But One of his more mild movies. Yeah, one of his more mild ones. But the thing with Jason Goes to Hell had some great ideas. The The intro to Jason Goes to Hell is one oh, of yeah, my favorites. So good. One of my absolute favorites. And he did some cool things with, you know, some like a demonic worm looking thing that was like possessing if, you know, people. If you've seen the movie Naked Lunch, everything about that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, it had some interesting ideas, but at the end of the day, man, it was just too wild, too far-fetched, and I just, uh, I couldn't be on board with it, man. I just couldn't be on board. So, <clears throat> then after that, 
At number ten, I'm sorry, Eddie, is Jason Five: A New Beginning. Nothing wrong um, with that. It was it was a decent movie. Like I said, from here on, Jason Five is still watchable. I enjoy Jason, you know, A New Beginning. Um, but then is the second one. Yeah. Um, because you know it's the first time they introduced Jason, and even though it wasn't great, it was interesting. Well, to... they introduced first time they introduced him as a killer. Yeah, exactly. Because he was at the very yeah. End of the first he, you're right. But it was interesting just to see a, that was the only only put Jason to there because mm-hmm. it was cool to see his first form. Yeah, you know him forming that. into that. You know to what he's known as. So next after Jason two is Jason three, mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth three because. That is when we finally get Jason for who he is, you know? Mm-hmm. That is what makes him so good. Um, so, yeah, Jason 3 is middle of the road, pretty high, because we, we start to really get into the franchise. Then after 3, I'll go Remake, because mm. Remake, you start to see, you know, that running Jason, which... Was, Dude, running Jason is terrifying. It really is. So. Anyone who doesn't say running Jason's terrifying, yeah. then you got mental issues. Yeah. So after remake, I have to put the original Friday Thirteenth, just okay. because that kind of set, you know, that set the tone of the franchise, mm-hmm. you know, and it did something interesting, you know, with the mother killing, of course. So you know, I had to put it above the remake. Just I would say three, maybe even four, set the tone for the franchise. Yeah. No. Yeah. Three. Cause three definitely set the tone. Three and four is when he starts to get more supernatural. Yeah. The first one and second one are more slashers. Yeah. Exactly. It. Um. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. It started. Yeah. It started the it franchise. Set the, it set the groundwork. Yeah. And Jason's one of those franchises where there. You're right. There really wasn't a tone because they kept changing the tone throughout the franchise. Yeah. It was always something different, you know. But um, after the original, coming in at number five. In my top five, you have Jason X. Had to make my top five because I just Dude, have so Jason much fun X with it. Jason X is so good. Just I love something very sci-fi. He's been modified, <laughs> and I love that like, you know, human. Um, God, I can't even think. Um, cyborg that they had. Yeah, that was really cool. Can I just say one thing? And I I just remembered it. Um, one of to me. I would say has one of the best kills of the entire franchise, which mm-hmm. I know is saying something. Mm-hmm. But um, remember when he's in the exam room and they think he's dead, mm-hmm. and he takes that chick's head and puts it face first into the uh, nitrous. Oh yeah, and it comes up and her face is frozen, and then he breaks it off. Yeah. Oh, that great was kill. a great scene. I also got to give credit to um, a new beginning, which is your favorite. Mm-hmm. When uh, the car backs up on the girl and it pins her head to the tree oh, and it yeah. explodes. And that was a great one. The remake, I know, you know, we don't give it too much props except Jason running. Mm-hmm. Jason firing a bow and arrow yeah. when he kills nobody on the boat. Oh, yeah. Come on, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. There, there was some good scenes. But, um, but coming in at number four, mm-hmm. Jason goes to Manhattan. Got I just, to. You know, it's just so silly. You just, you know... That was my number four. Yeah, exactly. We got two. That was the one we both agreed on. But yeah, Jason Goes Manhattan, you know instantly that you're not supposed to take it seriously. Just enjoy it. And then, come on. The rooftop boxing scenes were amazing. I and just... Wasn't eight Kane Hodder? Yeah. Which, if you, you know, have listened to us before, you know, Kane Hodder... One of our all-time favorite people. Yeah, we love Kane. And 
easily the best Jason, and I've told that yeah. Oh, yeah. to different people who played Jason at conventions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. He's... It, because he is a scary dude. Yeah. It's in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it was great. Yeah, he, you know, we know we love Kane, but yeah, he, he knocked out of the park. So, had to go, you know, Manhattan for four. Coming in at number three, though, is a Final Nightmare. That was a really good one. I really enjoyed Final Nightmare. Number four. Oh, four, yeah. Yeah. Number four. That one, um... They did a great job. Final chapter. Or, yeah, final chapter. I You're guess thinking I'm, of Freddy. I'm thinking of Freddy. But, yeah, final chapter was... Oh, yeah. Final chapter's great. ...was a really good one. Four was a fun ride. Then number two, Frey versus Jason. Oh. Got, it's hilarious. I just, you know, this was the Avengers for horror fans. You know what I mean? It, this was... Because it, it was Robert England. Yeah. Like... Oh, yeah. Exactly. And we got everything we wanted. And I don't even care what people say. It was actually a... A more intricate story than people yeah. thought. It, it was it was well done. So I'll, I'll give that one number two. But then number number one, you already know, Jason Lives, number six. Yeah. Jason Lives, to me, is what... I know we were talking about Tone earlier. That's what should have been number two. If Jason Lives was number two, it really would have made sense all the way through because we got the, we got the real Jason in six and i love the story the story was the most grounded yeah it wasn't crazy you know it wasn't you know telekinetic you know yeah. women with powers or a switcheroo or a you know uh enhanced jason it just made the most sense with the most grounded approach. it's a good movie but like i said i just don't watch it that often that's yeah. the only reason it was low in my ranking. yeah i you know, i understand but that is my that is my list, dude. I like it, and you know, a toast to you, Trey, on a good uh, list. But you know what? It's time. It's time for our rebrew. And before we can tell you about the movie of the week, Vampires vs. the Bronx, mm-hmm. we have to tell you about the rebrew of the week. And you know, when you're a vampire, you have a unquenchable thirst yep. that has to be filled with blood. <laughs> so we thought we would get. A Sea Quench Ale Session Sour by Dogfish Head. Because, you know, in vampire lore, there's a lot of, like, stuff to do with ships and stuff. Yeah. So that goes with this. And then, you know, we're trying to quench our ale. Yeah. And, you know, blood is kind of salty, so this has, you know, the saltiness going. We both wanted to quench our thirst. When we saw Sea Quencher Ale, it just, it made sense, you know. But I gotta say, it's not bad. For For the sour fans out there, it's... It gives you that bite that hits you right in the back of your mm-hmm. tongue. That sour bite that you just kind of gives you that chill. Which you know how much I love sours. But as somebody who doesn't drink sours too often, for me it's very mild. Yeah. Like it gives you that good bite, but it's not like it's not like a warhead candy. Yeah. You know, where some yeah. of them are really like puckering sour. Yeah. And I will say one thing that's cool is... So, you know, it talks on here about blissfully brewed with lime juice, lime peel, black limes, and sea salt. And for me, you get right at the end a little aftertaste, you get that salt. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And, you know, anyone that's a fan of sours but loves a good, you know, lime lime flavor, you know, good saltiness. Mm-hmm. It's like a t- way toned down margarita. Really good. Yeah. I would give it, you know, yeah. that's pretty accurate. So, I would recommend it. And Oh, yeah. You know, like we said, this week we are toasting vampires versus the Bronx. We got vampires in the Bronx. Nobody gonna care to slim this bit. Why? Because he's a gangbanger? 
Nah, homie, because he's from the Bronx, like us. There's a lot of things happening in this neighborhood right now. Keep your eyes open. That movie, let me tell you what, guys. Vampires vs. the Bronx, what a sleeper hit, man. Oh, dude. So let me tell you, I... I add it to my queue because anytime something pops up on Netflix, I'll add it to my queue, you know, especially if it's something like this. Yeah. But I expected it to be like Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Just dumb. This is a solid movie. I was genuinely shocked because the trailer makes it seem like overly goofy. Yeah. But they took it seriously. See, they did a great job of having a vision and running with it yeah this which i know you're not gonna like this analogy because you don't <laughs> like this movie this had a very much of a stand by me or a stranger thing kind of feel to it mm-hmm. because it's kids that have to work together their parents don't believe them mm-hmm. you know all the classic tropes yeah but it was told so well they bring in technology i love the girl who oh, yeah. was like had her um, live, like, yeah. ch- you know, chat going. Um, and they made the Bronx feel like a family, which yeah. I thought was really cool. They did. They made it seem like everything within the Bronx, you know, whether it be the gangbangers, you know, the idiots chilling on the corner, the bodega, which Tony, the bodega owner, oh, loved him. Oh, he was awesome. And let's give credit to the kids, man. I mean, oh, yeah. we got, you know... Jaden Michael, who who was the main star, he was, you know, Miguel, Miguel Martinez. He was amazing. Yeah. And then I loved how they added one of the three boys was, like, really nerdy that knew all the vampire, like, tropes yeah. and rules. And that was um Louis Acosta, who was played by Gregory Diaz. Mm. And he he's what really sold it to me because... He's what gave it the comedic approach to the film. Uh, the group. Yeah, and he yeah. has like orange juice he carries around with him yeah. because of his sugar. <laughs> Which really made me think of it. Yeah. The you know, the kid in it who was like a germaphobe, you know, and mm-hmm. um had to have it as an inhaler and everything on him. But then you had the third boy, which was also really good. He was more of like the the lone wolf. Yeah, he was he was conflicted about so like his father had had some issues with gangs, and that's what his mother was worried, that he was going down that path. So you kind of get a little bit of everything, but it just goes to show, like, you know, the kids are as much as a part of, you know, a representation of the Bronx yeah. as the film is. Yeah. Because you got the one kid, you know, who they call Little Mayor, that's Miguel. Yeah. And, you know, he's like that heart and soul. Yeah. And then you got Luis, who's kind of like... You know, the culture. You yeah. know, he's very cultural. He likes books. Yeah. You know, him and his mom have a lot of funny scenes, you know, where they're shouting Spanish back and forth at each yeah. other. And then, like you said, the third kid, who was Bobby, Yeah, he represents that kind of dark that exists that, you know, they hope that their kids don't succumb to. Yeah, that's, that's honestly a great way to put it. And, yeah, each kid brought something different and... and symbolically represented something like you said about Mm. the Bronx it was cool because Bobby's character had the most coming of age story because he was going through a darker path you know very dark path and he overcame it you know which was really cool but 
Guys, let me tell you what. This was such a fun movie to watch. Me oh, and Eddie, so much fun. We decided just to turn on. We were deciding what film were we going to review, you know. And we saw it, and we are like, this is perfect. Vampires, Halloween. This mm-hmm. would be perfect to hit this weekend. And we watched it. Kind of, you know, middle of the road expectations. Nothing yeah. too great, nothing too bad. But, wow. I mean, I was totally blown away. Yeah. It was, first off, Sarah Gatton, which I love. She's, yeah. like, one of my main Hollywood crushes, you know. She was a beautiful vampire uh, and also really cool. And it was uh, had a cool little twist, too, that I won't, you know, spoil. Yeah. But she was awesome. And everyone acted so well. The writing was great. And speaking of the writing, the director, Osmany Rodriguez, so interestingly enough, he, you know, I was doing some research on him. This is one of his first movies he's yeah, directed. Yeah, I saw that. He's directed, you know, The Last Man on Earth, you know, for some of the TV shows. AP Bio, which I think is funny, mm-hmm. um, just because it's got Dennis. Yeah, he did a lot of, like, TV shows and shorts. Yeah, and Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, um, so he's done, he's really versed in comedic shows, for mm-hmm. sure, and which was perfect because he did a really smart job blending seriousness yeah, because there's some serious stuff in there. Definitely serious with some gore, but he did a really good job of mixing in some comedy that kind of grounded the film and let yeah. you, let you enjoy the ride. The comedy is what let us really enjoy the ride. You yeah, know? it's kind of like, and one thing that I love, and I'm a very big, I geek out over this, is lore. Yeah. When they put lore in movies and stick to it, Yeah, and they had some great scenes with, you know, no reflection. And mirrors and you know cameras. They had some great scenes with that. They had um, great stuff with holy water. Oh man! And they introduced one that I had never seen in a vampire movie, but it was the coolest thing on earth to me. And that was part. Of, you know, don't judge. I I'm not Catholic, so I don't know what it's called. But the little you know tasteless wafer. Oh yeah. That they give out at mass. Yeah. You know, that you put on your tongue and it dissolves. They have lore in this movie where when you if you put that in a vampire's mouth, it makes them dissolve. Well, and I thought it was cool because the priest blessed the wafer. Yes. So he when after it was blessed, that's when you know Acosta put it in his shirt pocket because he thought he could use it as a and weapon. And see, it makes it's kind of like if holy water is like napalm yeah then this is like a little grenade yeah exactly like you just throw it they it was just such a fun movie guys i loved it the first it because it was very serious very dark but it, the kids were really the front runner and yeah. you enjoyed the ride with the kids and it, it was fun seeing them overcome something when all the odds were against them and I feel like Vampires vs. the Bronx took a lot of inspiration from movies like that because, you know, obviously kid protagonists. Yeah. But no one believed them, and they were really good. They were really and smart. good kid protagonists. Like, yeah. They don't make stupid decisions. Yeah, exactly. They are, you know, like, do their decisions always work out? No. But it's a good decision that they made at the yeah. time. Yeah. And great acting, you know, for the kids. And the much like a lot of these, you know, types of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. This movie had very good heart. Like It did. At its core, if you take away the vampires, if you take away, you know, the gangbangers, mm-hmm. 
this story is about love between for a city, yeah. love for a neighborhood, yeah. and love between the parents and their children. Yeah, it was so well done. And then another big thing for me, I don't mind it in a movie, Eddie knows what I'm about to say, if it's done well, but I don't like for movies to be teeny boppy, you yeah. know, or melodramatic. And, you know, there's a lot of movies that have that love interest that really distract from the real vision of the, of the story. This didn't have that, and yeah. I was so happy. It didn't have. You know, there was it was like, just for comedic more than yeah, anything. Yeah, there was like a little love interest, but the way they did it, it was so well done, and it wasn't the centerfold of the story. No, the centerfold was the vampires versus the Bronx, and I'm so glad the director stuck with that theme and didn't make yeah. you know a love interest the real vision. It's like no, this is vampires versus the Bronx, and that's what it's going to be. He did a phenomenal job, honestly, guys. If you haven't seen it. You need to go out there and see it. A really fun little movie to watch up to Halloween to really get you in the spirit. And not only that, but, you know, in time, sort of like I was talking about with Yellow Rose, you know, this is a very good representation of black and Hispanic communities. Yeah. You know, just very rich. It's a good opportunity for other people to understand culture. Yeah. And to understand, you know... You know, just taking your normal thought process, yeah, and and expanding it, yeah. You know, it, it was it was great. So I would rate this four out of five stars. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's an eighty. Yeah, that's right, an eighty. So on mine, on my tomato meter here, it would be uh, eighty-five out of a hundred. My boy, eighty-five out of a hundred, guys. This was just a lot of fun, and I promise you, this will be a movie. At some point, up to Halloween, I will have it on again in the background oh, yeah. while I'm doing something. Just because, dude, it's just a little feel-good movie. You can be happy while you're watching it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Trey, you know, we're coming to the end. Mm-hmm. And that means that it's list time. And what list are we doing here, Eddie? You know, this week, Trey, we're talking about what vampires would you like to be the most. Ooh. Still one of the greatest theme songs of all oh, time. Oh, easily. I mean, I love Lost Boys. But yes, I'm very excited because we haven't talked about this list at all with each no. other. And just guys, think about it. Which vampire... If you could be, would you want to be? You know, just because of how cool they are or just, like, the place they're in, the people they know. But do you want to start this one off or you want me to start it off? I want you to start this one off. Start this one off. So that I can make you mad with part of mine. Oh, man. So, before Trey tells his list, because I know his is going to be a great list. <laughs> Can I just go ahead and warn y'all and warn Trey? So I have like six honorable mentions, but there's one reason, and I haven't told Trey yet what that one reason is, but there's one reason, and it'll all make sense once I get there. But we Trey, will see. start us off with greatness, though. Okay, well... Give me, give me your five. So... I had to put this one in there as number five, mm-hmm. only because there was literally no reason not to put this in mm-hmm. there. If I could be a vampire, any vampire out there, which one would it be? And I had to put Blade in there as number five. 
See, I was torn. I actually didn't put Blade on my list. See, you, only because he's a half breed. But see, all all of their strengths and their weaknesses, it's almost yeah. a given. Because oh, and one of the coolest looking dudes alive. Oh yeah, I mean to me, it's like Them okay, shades though. Yeah, could I jump? You know, tens of feet. You know, across rooftops. You know, do I have enhanced strength? Can I walk? But I can also walk in the light and do Day all this. Walker. I mean, Blade had to be on my list only because it just. It just made too much sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so, at number four, 30 Days of Night Vampires. Ooh. So, the reason why I chose this is because everyone wants, in any actors, they want to be a cool villain vampire. Well, these vampires, they, oh, they were, were they were horrible, but they were in their own coven pack. Yeah. And it was really cool because... And they were smart. Yeah, they were smart. And it was cool to see another breed, almost from like another point in time, mm-hmm. and they stuck together, and they they were the the worst of the worst. Like no one could touch them, dude. Mm-hmm. They were so strong, people feared them, dude. I know that sounds really dark. It's a dark answer, but it was just you know when you're thinking if I could be any vampires, I chose them because I felt like I would be alive still. Yeah. You know, most vampires make some stupid decisions. If I was in that yeah, pack, huge coven. yeah. It was a huge coven, and they all like really protect each other, mm-hmm. and they were just vicious. Mm-hmm. If I could be a vampire in a certain a certain pack, it would be theirs. Okay. I feel safe with okay. them. So, at number three, I'm almost positive you have us on your list or one of your 30 honorable mentions. Oh, my gosh. You got to go with Fright Night. Oh, be- Jerry Dandridge. Oh, man. First off, when you think of an aristocratic vampire was you know just suave oh, handsome he, oh he's smooth as hell oh, man man you gotta go with him on friday back to back weeks we're talking about chris sarandon yeah i know right? <laughs> you gotta go with him man the guy the guy was just cool oh dude he was so cool i mean he had you know he was charismatic he knew exactly how to talk he to got people. them women he, he had the women just laying laying it out for him but um I mean, the guy was, I mean, he was a pure stud, you know, so I'd have to be, you know, it'd have to be on anyone's list, because, you know, who wouldn't want to look like that guy, you know? Uh-huh. But um, here's one I don't think you'll think on my list, and that is Adam from Only Lovers Left Alive. Mmm. Let me tell you what, have you seen that movie? Mmm. I've heard of it, I've never okay. watched it. That was one of me and Sam's favorites. Mm-hmm. Sam loved that movie, and she was the one who got me on it. So I watched it. And first off, it's Tom Hiddleston as a vampire. Okay. And then you got Tilda Swinton as his lover, and, and Mia um, Wazakowski Wazakowski as the troublemaker, like newly formed vampire uh-huh. who's like learning to live the lifestyle. So I had to choose Adam because what was so cool about him, he was also very suave, but very cool. He was like almost hippie cool, which wouldn't normally seem mm. like my type, but. He has been around forever, and what I loved is, you know, mm-hmm. he had his lover that they have been... Ugh, yeah, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting choice. Tilda Swinton, amazing actress. Oh, amazing actress. But she's so androgynous yeah. that I could never think about her like that. She played the part well, though, because she played a very Oh, she's an ominous, incredible actress. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe aside from... Being married to Tilda Swinton. Yeah. You know. Sounds like a good gig. I like it because 
he found somebody and they've adapted and lived through the times for centuries and centuries and he would always go to this hospital in these shades and a mask mm-hmm. and always pick up blood and he had a little pack and then everyone was like I think I know that he's a vampire but we're too scared to ask mm-hmm. you know and he was cool man and I, it is a spoiler but spoiler you know he outsmarts everybody and even though time and time again things try and you know could ruin and wreck himself he outlived it man he was smart. Spoiler that Trace a spoiler. We've done like 15 spoilers already on this episode. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so Adam from Only Lovers Left Alive. And then number one, Jackie Daytona, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when he's not Jackie Daytona, when he takes the toothpick out, his name is... You already know it. For the people, tree. Oh, God. You know it, Eddie. You know it, Eddie. Laszlo? Yeah. yeah. No. 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 No, Eddie. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so. I'm messing with this man. All right. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's Laszlo. I know. But you got, but Nandor is, like, really cool, too, but Laszlo is just one of my absolute From favorites. From what we do in the shadows, the television show. Yes. Not the movie, which is hilarious. Yeah. So, I, that was my only one that was a little off the beaten path because it wasn't a movie. But I count it because it was based off a movie, you know? I mean, maybe I have a show on my list. And let me tell you what. Um, his wife, Nausea, I think that's the main reason I want to play, want to be Laszlo, because I got the biggest Hollywood crush on um, in Nausea. And, um, yeah, that that's my reasoning behind it. I don't have to have any other reasoning. So, before I start, like I said, and I recount it, it's actually five honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Hello. But here's why it make here's the reason. Are you ready? Okay. So when I was doing my list, how I do my list, people, is I write down like, you know, we're doing five, but I'll write down like twenty things and then I'll narrow it down. Okay. So half my list was gonna be female vampires. Mm-hmm. So to make it where I didn't have all these female vampires, I have Female vampires is my five honorable mentions. Oh, Lord. Well, just real quick, real quick. I know, I'm the worst person alive because it's five, but, you know. But just real quick. Okay, let's hear it. Mia from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, who was Dracula's wife. She was so elegant, but, dude, her outfits. She She was awesome. She was, but then when she got pissed... Yeah. And when she would, like, get the bat army. Dude, that's a good one, though. She was cool. That... And then um, Duke from Bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the leader. She just, I loved her style. Oh, dude. And she if was I could pretty. adapt that into a guy style. Yeah. Like, awesome. Well, and she felt very lost, boys. Nadja from What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Just because she's so dumb but funny. I love I love everything about um, her. Lissa from Vampire Academy. Yes. Because I like the rules of that world. Okay. And then the gir- the lead singer from Sucked. Oh, okay. Because she was just badass looking. Yeah. So, just had to get that out of the way. Yeah. So now, actual list time. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? I appreciate See, it. I appreciate it. And, and because, I told you, there was one thing that held it all together. Yeah, because it is really cool to see a female vampire, because yeah. they're a lot of the times what makes a good Dracula. Oh, yeah. Is Dracula's counterpart. And oh, we'll be getting into that. Oh, okay, do tell. So man. my number five vampire I would like to be is Eric Northman from True Blood. You know what's so funny? I just looked at True Blood when I was over there, and I was like, Great. "So Eric, this dude 
jacked as all hell. Yeah. Tall as all hell. Yeah. Handsome. Got women all over him. And he owns a nightclub. And he owns a nightclub. And I, he's just cool. Uh-huh. I mean, in the first, you know, season or two, he was kind of a dickhead. But then season three, he starts to get really good character development. Yeah. But if I had to choose somebody, yeah, do I want to be this short little dude, you know, Oompa Loompa? <laughs> or would I rather be... You mean handsome man. Or would I, I rather be six foot six with a six pack? Hey, you know what, man? No you one's know. no one's gonna argue they wouldn't mind being Eric. I mean, who for doesn't a day? want to be a giant Viking? I know, man. Vampire. I know. Just cool. So my number four, and this one you're gonna die on. <laughs> my number four is Dracula from Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Because okay. why? You know what? That's a cool one though. Because you know it's a family movie. He has a daughter. They why to... wouldn't I want to be? A dude who owns a awesome hotel yeah, that his these, friends just yeah, hang out at. And all these monsters around that are so cool. And that he just has friends. fun. You know, dude, I gotta give it to you. That could be the best answer you've done yet. You know? Because I never thought about it. First off, you feel he feels safe. It's mm-hmm. in you know, way up in that little yeah. hill in his little castle. Like you said, living with all your friends. And, and it's you all gotta, his friends. And he has a little daughter who's maybe wavy. Yeah, which he loves, and he's just trying to mold. And into he a doesn't vampire. go blah blah blah. Yes, but honestly, one of Adam Sandler's best roles. Oh, easily, <laughs> and that's not saying much. Yeah, you know, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but Dracula from Hotel Transylvania. He Great just, answer, dude. He's just fun. That's so, a good answer. My number three is also a Dracula, but that is Count Dracula from Van Helsing. And I'm not even going to spend time on this one because pardon my language and pardon the hashtag me too <laughs> movement because I show very much respect to them and I'm simply doing this for funniness and to get Trey to laugh. But that Dracula got the finest bitches I've ever seen on the planet. Those women... Oh, yeah. I don't know who chose those three. Oh, man. They are three of the hottest women I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, bite me now. You know what I mean? Bite me. Yeah, just you go can, ahead and... You can kill me. Yeah, go ahead and kill me. It's That's a good fine. way to go out, being able to see them up close. Yeah. But especially the redhead. I know you like the redhead. And then the tall one who uh, has the dark hair. Mm. And then the blonde who goes out early. Mm. Like, they're just fine. R.I.P. I don't even care about anything else. I don't care about his, you know, stank-looking ponytail. Yeah. Because he wasn't the greatest looking dragon. No, but I'll do it for those women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and they make some babies. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah, I mean, sacrifices <laughs> have to be made, you know. So, my number two. So, I said that I was doing Mineral Mentions Women. I never said it took women off my list. Because my number two is one of the most badass vampires to ever walk. And that is Celine from Underworld. Oh, God. I was really tempted to put her on the if list. If you go by Underworld 4 roles, which I would be, oh, man. she's a daywalker. Yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. She yeah. was granted the gift when she sucked, uh, what's his name, Marcus. Yeah. So. You're a badass vampire. Yep. You're in super good shape. You're One of cool the most beautiful vampires. Yeah, you're beautiful, and you're a daywalker, and you got like all them moves. Yeah. Them moves she does where she'll like be spinning, going downwards oh, yeah, with the dude. guns. Absolutely. She's bad as hell. Dude. 
Yeah. Great, had to put Celine. Great. I'm so glad you did because she needed to be on one of our list. Yeah, because she's... Because five, honestly, isn't enough. So, Trey, we've said a lot. Do you do you even have an inkling of that number one is? So, it's none that I've said. None that none, none neither of us said. Wouldn't be Nosferatu, would it, from Salem's Lot? So, my number one is Edward. I, did, I know it ain't from Twilight. I did that pause just so Trey would <laughs> stare at me menacingly, thinking it was Twilight. No, to hell with Twilight. To hell it. with them books. To hell with them movies. I know. Although it. the third and fifth one, and to some extent the first one, I do like. But no, ain't Edward from Twilight. Okay. Edward from Daybreakers. Daybreakers. Ethan Hawke, yeah. baby. Because let me tell you, Daybreakers, first Blu-ray I ever bought. Yeah. And phenomenal movie but the world is so cool like how they have the cars oh dude with the you know so they can drive in the sunlight yeah and everything about that world is just cool dude they did a great job in daybreakers good lore and it was different and what i like is there's a cure Mm -hmm. for vampirism so i i really like that aspect i loved the storyline with daybreakers about how Blood was running out. Vampires mm-hmm. were totally taking over, and there was hardly any humans. Vampires were getting greedy, and mm-hmm. the ones they even had a homeless version of vampires—the ones that would even transform to these gnarly-looking oh, they creatures because they just couldn't get any blood, and they were terrifying-looking. Mm-hmm. Not even the regular vampires were afraid of them, you mm-hmm. know, because they would just turn on any. They would eat anything. Yeah, because they were just these malicious creatures. Yeah, they they went from vampires to just demonic, mm-hmm. you know, vampires, but. That is a great dude. You had a great list. Thank you. Sir. I'm really. You had a great list. No, I'm boy. impressed with the um with the Hotel Transylvania because that really took some deep thinking. And you had a female, mm-hmm. which I really wanted to put. I don't know how I forgot about Selena. Um, dude, one of the most badass. She is. She was incredible, dude. And yeah, Edward, man, from mm-hmm. Daybreakers. Edward from Daybreakers. And with Willem Dafoe. Willem uh, Dafoe. Oh, Willem. Oh, Willem Dafoe, man. So. Trey, we are at the end of the show. Yep. And we just, you know, want to thank everyone for listening. And if you would like to comment about what vampire you'd like to be. Yeah. How you felt about Vampires versus the Bronx. Yeah. If you have a favorite or disfavorite, you know, from Friday the 13th or anything else. Yeah, please comment. You can contact us at on Twitter at film underscore toast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash toast2film. That's the number two. Or you can email us at bingingandbrewing at gmail.com. And from Trey and us, we just wish all you spooky ghouls and guys good viewing.